Welcome to the Life Central Podcast. It is so good to have you come and connect with us again this week. We trust that this session will be helpful to you in your faith journey. Welcome. It is so good to have you join us today. Thank you for being with us as we wrap up our series Life Central with you today. Now, throughout this series, we've been talking about what life would look like if we made Jesus, who is the life, central to our lives. And if none of that made sense, I so encourage you to go and watch previous episodes of this series to put it all into perspective. But as we mention that idea this morning, I think it's a great morning to, to ask ourselves this question. What is central to my life? What is central to my life? And even if you're not a Jesus follower this morning and you just happen to click on this, on this video, um, still a great question. What is central to your life? What is the central focus of your life? Maybe work is central to your life. Providing, providing for your family, putting food on the table, you know, giving your family or your loved ones the, the life that you desire to give them. Maybe work is, is central. Maybe, maybe your friends are central in your life. You know, the, the, the social element of life, kind of living for the weekend, hanging out with good mates, having a good time, spending like quality time with friends. Maybe that is the central focus of your life. Maybe, maybe it's your family. Maybe your family is that central focus to your life, that togetherness, that spending time together that cherishing the moments that you can as a, as a family and really prioritizing that in life. Maybe family is the central focus of your life. And you may be sitting there going, Ramon, you've just said that like it's a bad thing. Like you've just said that and, 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 and come on, that has to be good. And you're right. Nothing that we've just listed is inherently wrong. Like, like you know, having a, a healthy family life is good. <laughs> having a happy social life, it's good. Having a thriving work life, it's so good. Like there's nothing wrong with these things. However, none of these can be the primary focus to our lives as they are something is going to be out of balance and something is going to be losing out however when i choose to make god the central focus to my life then he overflows into family and into friends and into work and as he overflows into these other areas of life or all of these areas of life we start to experience like a fullness 
of life that he offers us, that he promises to us. It was Andy Stanley who years ago said, Jesus makes me better at life and makes life better. And you may be sitting there going, I can't agree with that. Like I've been a Jesus follower for more than 10 minutes. I know that the day that I said yes to Jesus, my life didn't all of a sudden become problem free. Well, that's not what he's saying. You see, Jesus makes me better at life. He gives me direction. He gives me clarity. He mentors me. He leads me. He guides me. He corrects me. He loves me. And as I respond to these things in my life that he comes and does, I become better at life. And I start to experience a better life. That's what he's saying. So how do I know? How do I know what is central in my life? What do I know? How do I know what is that central focus of my life? A mentor of mine years ago told me how or or gave me some good insight as to how to figure out what's the primary focus of my life. Said, Ramon, you want to know what it is? I was like, yeah, that'll be great, you know. Uh, And he actually asked me, what is the central focus of your life? And I told him what I believed the central focus of my life was. And he said, all right, you want to know what it really is? And I was like, tell me. And he said, it's easy. Go look at your diary. Go look at your bank statements. Go look at your diary. Go look at your bank statements. And I was like, why? And he's like, because whatever you spend your time and your money on, is your primary focus in life. Whatever you spend your time and your money on, that's your primary focus in life. Now you may be saying to me, well, Ramon, are you saying then in order for God to be the primary focus in my life, I need to go and sell everything and just give all my money to the church and, and, and like go and quit my job and go into full-time missions? No. No, it's not what I'm saying for a minute. And I trust that as you hang in with us for the next couple of minutes, that you'll really gain clarity on where we're going with this. You see, whatever I spend my time and my money on should give me a good indicator on what is the primary focus of my life. What do I prioritize in these two areas? I think this is so beautifully demonstrated where this young rich guy comes up to Jesus and says, and says, how do I inherit eternal life? Great question for you, for me, whether you're a Jesus follower or not. Beautiful question. How do I inherit eternal life? Jesus goes on to answer him and says, well, what does the law say? And Jesus goes and he starts quoting the Ten Commandments. And before he's done, this young guy cuts him off and he's like, I do all that. And I've been doing that all for, for most of my life. So when it comes to that stuff, I'm good. I'm sorted. I'm, I'm done. And Jesus responds. Jesus says, well, there's one thing that you haven't done. He says, go, sell everything you have, give your money to the poor, and then come 
and follow me. What's Jesus really saying to him there? Jesus identified that when it came to certain areas of his life, he hadn't fully let go. He hadn't fully surrendered to God in those areas. In all honesty, Jesus is speaking into two areas. He's speaking into his time and he's speaking into his money. What does he say? Go sell everything you own and give your money to the poor. And then come and follow me. What's he saying? Go give your money. Come and spend time. Go give your money. Come and spend time. And Jesus knew that if this young man was willing to give up his money and give up his time, that he would have his heart. Was it about money? Was it about time? No. It was about his heart. I think that in this area of time and money, our perspective is so, so different to what God's perspective is in these areas. Think about our perspective when it comes, comes to our time and our money. Be honest, when it comes to money, when it comes to time, we never have enough, do we? we? We never have enough time. We never have enough money. I've been doing this for a while now, and I've never had anyone walk into my office and go, you know, Ramon, you know what my entire problem is? I just have too much money. Or, you know, if it wasn't for all this time that I had, my life would be so good. <laughs> no. No, the conversations normally go the other way. It's like, oh man, I'm broke. <laughs> I need help. I don't know how to deal with my money. I need more of it. Ah, <laughs> oh, I'm struggling with time. I need to manage my time better. I need more time. When it comes to time and money, more often than not, we feel like we just don't have enough. But you see, when I make Jesus central in my life, I gain his perspective. I gain God's perspective on time and money. So when it comes to time and money, what is God's perspective? What was Jesus' approach to these two things? Like when it came to, to time, what was Jesus' approach? Now if you go and search scriptures, it gets quite interesting with regards to Jesus and time. I never see Jesus in a hurry. I never see Jesus in a hurry. I can remember when I was in Bible school, everyone who was training for Bible school, except myself and a couple of other guys who didn't know that we were ever going to go into any form of ministry. Everyone else, there were guys that already had business cards printed because they could not wait to get into full-time ministry. Jesus, he waits 30 years before he goes into full-time ministry. What's the first thing that he does when he goes into ministry? His first act is he goes and he buys a tent and starts a crusade. No, not even close. He actually goes... And he spends 40 days in the wilderness. 
his friend Lazarus is about to die. What's his response? They come to him and say, Jesus, your friend Lazarus is about to die. Come quick. (laughs) And his response through his actions is essentially, thank you for telling me. I'll be there in four days. When I look at Jesus and, and time, Jesus took time to go to weddings and celebrate with people. He, he took time and spent it with children, which confused his followers. He took time and he answered people's questions and engaged in conversations with them. No one ever walked up to Jesus and he said, sorry, bro, I'm a bit busy. Life's manic at the moment. Just can't do it. You better make a booking. No, Jesus stops, he engages. Why? Because he created the time. I find it amazing that I cannot find a portion of scripture where I find Jesus running. No, even when he's in a raging storm and his followers feel like they're about to drown, it says that he came walking to them (laughs) on the water in the face of death when they must have been going, Jesus, why aren't you running? (laughs) No, he's walking. And then he even says to Peter, Peter, come to me walking on water. Amazing. You see, when it came to his time, Jesus was very intentional. He was very intentional on how he spent his time. And he was very intentional with whom he spent his time. I see throughout the Gospels, we see how there's this phrase that just keeps telling us how Jesus went to be alone, to spend time with his Father. Such a great example for you and for me. And if this was Jesus' approach when it came to time, why is our approach to time so drastically different? Think about if someone had to ask you how you're doing. What is the common answer today? It's not fine, thank you and you anymore. More and more I'm finding the response is, Busy. How are you doing? Oh, I'm busy. It is. It's manic. Yo, it's busy. And then somehow we, we see busy as this badge of honor that we wear with pride. But yet I never see that in the life of Jesus. My wife and I, over the last little while, we've been working through this, this book by... Uh, Alan Fadling called An Unhurried Life. And in this book, he, he recalls a, a moment between a, a young pastor and a very well-known, quite famous because of his persecution, um, Chinese pastor uh, by the name of Wang Mingdao. And this young pastor kind of recalls his, his, his first encounters with Ming Dao. And how, as he's talking to Ming Dao, Ming Dao actually asks him a question. 
And he says, young man, how do you walk with God? How do you walk with God? And this young pastor goes to, to list a, a set of disciplines like, like scripture reading and prayer. As he's busy in the process, Ming Dao just smirks and quite mischievously responds. Wrong answer. To walk with God, you must go at walking pace. To walk with God, you must go at walking pace. Alan Fadling then poses the question, he says, how can we talk about the Christian life as walking with God when we so often live it at a sprint? He says, we must have our eyes fixed on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. And this got me thinking. <laughs> this honestly got me apologizing and repenting. <laughs> but, but it made me think of how God invites Adam to come and walk with him daily. And I realized that God's invitation never ended. God's invitation never stopped. When it comes to you and when it comes to me, God still invites you and me daily to walk with Him. I wonder, do you have a daily walk? Do you have a daily walk with God? Or do you have a daily sprint? When it comes to the way that Jesus would approach money, as I read through the Gospels, I essentially see two big ideas coming from Jesus. I see him essentially saying that God provides and that we should live generously. God provides and we should live generously. In his famous Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said it this way. He said, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more uh, valuable to Him than they are? A little later on in the conversation, he, he, he says this. He says, so don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Here Jesus is making it clear that man, when it comes to the source of your provision, when it comes to the source of my provision, it's God. What do we think it is? Where do we turn for that source of provision? Maybe we believe that it's through our hard labor and through our efforts and through all the things that we do. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't believe that God rewards laziness. I believe that, that, that if in his heart, he's also like, man, if you don't work, you don't eat. So we need to, to, to work and, and, and to work hard and to, to work with, with honesty and integrity. But at the end of the day, 
Our source is God and God alone. So often I, I hear people, especially folks in church, talking about, man, just wait till I hit that lotto jackpot. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll come and bring my tithe on that and, and we'll be able to do this and that and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, awesome, man. All I want to know is, who's your source? Is your source the lotto? <laughs> is your, your source a ticket? Or is the source of your provision, your loving heavenly father, who dresses the birds in the air and feeds them, who dresses the grass in the field and feeds them. How much more doesn't he love you? How much more won't he provide and take care of you? And Jesus so often talks about us living these generous lives. Again, in the book of Matthew, he talks about us giving as freely as we have received. So if God is our source and God gives to us freely and we receive it freely, then in the same manner we need to give freely, live from this point of generosity to those around us. Later on, the Apostle Paul would, would really sum all of this up sum up the heart of Jesus as to what he's talking about here in his second letter to the church in Corinth, where he says this. He says, God can pour on the blessings in astonishing ways so that you're ready for anything and everything, more than just ready to do what needs to be done. As one psalmist put it, he throws caution to the winds, giving to the needy in reckless abandon. His right living, right giving ways never run out, never wear out. This most generous God who gives seed to the farmers that becomes bread for your meals is more than extravagant with you. He gives you something you can give away, which grows into full-formed lives, robust in God, wealthy in every way, so that you can be generous in every way, producing with us great praise to God. What's Paul saying there? He's saying, man, God gives to us daily, and He gives to us in a way that he expects for us to give back to those around us in need. As we receive freely, so we must be generous freely. And as I read how Paul speaks into this, it so reminds me that that God actually invites us into a full and abundant life. As Jesus said in, in, in John chapter 10 and verse 10, where he said, that my purpose, my purpose, the reason why I'm here, my purpose is that you may have life and that you may have this life to the full. I wonder, do you want 
a, a healthy family life? Do you want a happy social life? Do you want a thriving work life as we spoke of in the beginning? Guaranteed you want to be healthy, happy and thriving. I want a happy and a healthy and a thriving life when it comes to my family, when it comes to my friends, when it comes to my work environment. So how do we gain this healthy family life, this happy social life, this thriving work life? It's simple. We make Jesus central, the central focus to our lives. And as we do, we start to experience His fullness of life in our lives. This isn't about prosperity or about us receiving a whole heap of stuff. No, it's about us living a rich and satisfying life in Him. You can have all the money in the world and not be satisfied. You can be, have all the money in the world and not have a healthy family life, a happy social life, and a thriving work life. But I believe that as we surrender our time and our money to Jesus, as we give Him our hearts in every aspect of our lives, that so we start to engage in that fullness of life that He offers us. When God's got my time, the hurry's gone. When God's got my money, the hustle's gone. When God's got my time, the hurry is gone. And when God's got my money, the hustle's gone. What am I saying? When God has my heart, He can do anything with this life. When I give Him my heart fully, I gain His peace in every aspect of my life. I wonder today, what's your next step? Where are you at today? What's your next step? If I can ask the question that Wing Dao asked, how do you walk with God? Great question. How do you walk with God? How do I walk with God? Do you have a daily walk or is it more like a daily sprint? Today, maybe your next step is to just say, Lord, today I choose to slow down my daily steps. Today I choose to try and find your heartbeat for my life. And I realize the only way that I'm going to be able to gain your heartbeat for my life, your pace for my life, is by taking on and, and by, by throwing myself into a daily walk with you, the walk that you invite me into. I wonder today, do you love a life of generosity do you give freely because you've realized that God is your provider and that He gives freely to you? Today, 
My prayer for you is that generosity would become a core value in your life. That generosity wouldn't be a thing that you do when you pass a beggar in the streets or when someone passes something around in church or something along those lines. No. But that as you make Jesus central in your life, that you will allow His voice to speak into your life in the area of how you spend your time, how you spend your money, and then to act on His prompting. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you, Lord, that as we're wrapping up the series today, Lord, it is a challenging thought this morning, Lord. Father God, I thank you that this morning we can come and make you central in these areas of our lives. Lord, that when it comes to our time and when it comes to our money, Lord, that we will surrender these areas of our lives to you, Father. Lord, that you can come and use us in any way that you see fit in those areas of our lives, Lord. Father God, that you will have our hearts and that you will have every aspect of our hearts, Lord. Father God, that we can love with, with, with enjoying healthy families, Lord. That we can enjoy happy social spaces with friends, Lord. And that we can love in thriving and vibrant workspaces, Lord. Lord, I thank you that when you come to transform us, you don't just come and transform us in one area, but that you transform us in every area. But Lord, that you need us to allow you in. And my prayer for us today, Lord, is that we will allow you in to every aspect of our lives, making you central to our lives. That more and more and more we can look more and more and more like your son, Jesus. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, as we wrap up today, when you make Jesus the life central to your life, you gain a pure and simple relationship with him then His voice becomes that central, that loudest voice in your life. And you start to live out of His culture in the most unexpected ways. Like showing hospitality to the uninvited outsider. Like giving God priority when it comes to your time and your money. And loving your enemy as though he's your neighbor. And through this, you start to experience the full and abundant life that Jesus offers. All of this happens when you give God your heart daily and make Jesus the central part of your life. So today, 
Go out there and enjoy your daily walk with Him. We love you. We'll see you next week. Bye. If you enjoyed this session and you'd like to know more about us, then please come and connect with us through our website, our social media platforms, and come subscribe to our YouTube channel. All the links are listed below. Beyond that, we trust that you have an incredible week.